What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Boys Podcast, episode 18. Week 4 is in the books, and we're changing it up a little bit this week. Carl's not here tonight, Delby is out again, but Buddha is back for the first time in, I think, five weeks? Yes, sir! So this is going to get interesting, because we do some... We talk a lot more about some other things when Buddha's here, sports-wise. Um, also, I do got to say... Tampa Bay Lightning, congratulations once again. Um, but yeah, we're also gonna... also the Seattle Storm, congratulations. Yes, Seattle Storm, WNBA champions. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers up three one on Miami, looking to close it out on Friday night. And the MLB and the MLB playoffs are in full swing at the moment. We're in the divisional series. All right, that's enough for that. We're gonna get into football, and we're gonna start with the Eagles. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles defeated the San Francisco 49ers 25-20 on Sunday Night Football. It was the Eagles' first win of the year. While they didn't look that great, a win is a win. And they're in first place in the NFC least. Um, I, I will got to say, say this. as Carson Wentz was not great. But he hasn't been great all year. George Kittle. Best tight end in the league. Let's just call it what it is. Hands down. No arguments with me. So, since you're a Dallas fan, how do you feel about this Eagles game? Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to be one of those guys like, because, I mean, we're talking about the NFC least. I don't want to be in the division where all the teams are sucking and, like, it's just, like, everyone's talking crap that, you know, at the end of the year, one of these crappy NFC's teams is going to get a playoff bid, first round bye. And I, I'm sick of that. So, I've, of course, I want to be, of course, I want these NFC teams to be competitive. Like, I, I want them to do well. I mean, the Eagles, the Delby knows, I, I hate the Eagles with a passion. But I, I will admit Carson Wentz did play a little bit better. Granted, there were a few throws. Everyone talks about Dak. Everyone likes to critique on Dak that, you know, last game there should have been six balls intercepted. Well, if you watch the tape, there should have been a lot more balls Carson Wentz through that should have been intercepted than were. But at the end of the day, they got the win. They better than we did. So I've got to give props to them. Uh, the 49ers are a good team. Uh, they're, they're, no, they're nowhere near as good as what they were last year, which I, I can't quite figure that but, out to yet. To be fair, no Nick Bosa. No Solomon Thomas. That is true. No Jimmy Garoppolo. Their first yeah. and second string running backs are out. I mean, they're riddled with injuries. So, well, so they're banged up. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's just like it's just like with with Dallas. Everyone's wondering, oh, of course it's the mediocre Dallas Cowboys. They're not doing well. No, the offense is tearing it up. It's just a matter of our defense is piss poor well, here's and the there's thing, ton of injuries. Though, here's the thing, and I'll touch on this just for a second because we'll get into Dallas here in a minute. Uh, yeah, sorry, I may go on that rant. But um, I kept Dallas. They're top three offense in the NFL right now, statistically. So, offense isn't the problem. Uh, as far as stat-wise, Carson Wentz, 18-28, 193, a touchdown, a pick. Also added 37 yards and a rushing touchdown on seven carries. So, better than he has been, um, but he's getting paid way too much money to be average. Uh, for the rushing game, Miles Sanders led the way there, 46 yards, 13 carries. Travis Fulgham, because we all had him leading the Eagles and receiving in the office pools. Uh, two catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do, get it done. Um, had two fumbles, both by both of their quarterbacks. 
Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts fumble the ball, but they did not lose them. That's always a good thing to hear when you're fumbling the ball and you're able to get back on top of it. Uh, they forced a fumble on defense and got two interceptions off of Nick Mullins, who was absolutely horrific. Uh, he was 18 of 26, 200 yards, one touchdown, two picks. C.J. Beathard came in late, 14 and 19, 138. Jarek Jarek McKinnon, 14 carries, 54 yards, and a tutty. Brandon Ayuk had that ridiculous 38-yard run hurdle thing. With the hurdle. Look like Zeke in his prime, man. That was, like that was insane. Um, and George Kittle, 15 catches, 183 yards and a touchdown. Like, look, I As love expected. Travis Kelsey. But this man had Nick Mullins throwing him the football. Travis Kelsey, as great as he is, has arguably one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen throwing him the ball. Let's just put that into perspective. I think Travis Kelsey's fantastic, but there's a difference between, even if Jimmy G is healthy, there is a massive scaling difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes. Let's just call that. And also, also, think the, also think the thing that's not talked about is how good of a uh, blocker George Kittle is. That's everyone always better. thinks. That's everyone always talks about how he's just the guy that gets the yards after the catches. He'll make these plays where he'll get 20, 30 yards and a catch. No. You watch the film and break it down, that, that dude lays the wood when it comes to locking. He knows what he's doing. See, that right there is why he's better than Kelsey, in my opinion. He can uh, catch exactly. and he's got that blocking. Um, uh, Aziz Al-Shahir had an interception. Quan Alexander led them with nine. As far as next week, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles face their in-state rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers, while the 49ers are hosting the Miami Dolphins. Keep that stuff about, like, the next week games until the very end when we talk about the picks. Uh, all right. Um, all right, I know this next one's going about the five-minute max. Dallas and Cleveland. I'm just going to give Boo to the floor because he's basically going to say all that I've got to say about the Cowboys. So, he'll take Dallas. I'll take Cleveland. All right, before I go on this rant, let me make sure you can hear me clearly. Can you hear me clearly? Can you hear me clearly? Yep. Okay. So... Here's my thing with Dallas. Everyone can talk all they want about Dak Prescott putting up these inflated numbers, these basically useless useless yards. Here's my thing. You can talk all you want about how these defenses, when they're when Dallas is down, they're starting to play the prevent defense. So the short slants are opening up. So he's going to start making a lot more plays. He's going to slice and dice. Of course, he's going to make plays. I get, I'll give that to you. Here's my thing, though. When your defense almost gives up 50 points, what do you expect him to do? He can't hand the ball off to Zeke because Zeke isn't productive anymore. At that point, you're down in the game, so you can't rely on the run game because you can't chew the clock because that that time is precious to you. Now, with the defense, man, I've already told you this. Everyone's everyone can go ahead and say what they want about the whole defense situation. I think you'll see a completely different Dallas defense once Van Der Esch is back into that system. He makes Jalen Smith that better player. Right now, Jalen Smith is not doing well. He's having to take that main middle linebacker role, like I told you, was talking about you earlier. He's the one that's calling out the coverages. Like I said, on any defense, it starts with a linebacker out. Everyone can blame the secondary, and I get it. The safeties have not played well by any means. Xavier Woods has not played well. 
At the end of the day, though, it relies on the, the linebacker out, and Jalen Smith is not getting it done. Um, he's he's doing decently in the run stuff. Uh, still not excellent. Uh, but like I was telling you, everyone seems to be targeting Jalen Smith and Demarcus Lawrence, which I'll go on Demarcus Lawrence here in a second. Everyone can go on this tangent about Jalen Smith not being productive. You watch film, he's around the ball every single play. He's still doing what he needs to do. Now, McCarthy has actually came out and said that it's not an effort issue with the defense. I call bullshit. It, no, it's that's, strictly effort. That's And awesome. another thing that McCarthy mentioned is that guys aren't buying into the scheme, which I completely agree with. We can You can have a horrible defense with these mediocre players, but if you buy into a system, if you have these average players and you buy into a scheme, you're going to see productiveness. You're going to see success. And these guys just aren't buying in. They're freelancing when, they're, when they just don't know what they're doing. It just seems like the defense is just confused. We have no clue what run stuff is looking like. The highest paid players we have on the defense aren't productive. Already talked about Jalen Smith. Let's talk about the Marcus Smith. Ever since he has gotten paid, he has not been a presence within the whole entire system. Like, he, he hasn't done anything. With him making the money that he has, I, I, I should be expecting one and a half to two sacks Every single game. Every single game. And yet, he's not seeing the double teams that he was seeing last year. He's not seeing those same looks. So the fact that he's not getting the pass rush and the pressure, it it, it baffles me. I think he's complacent. I think ever since he got his check, he's been complacent. So, I don't know. But with that Browns game, like... It's the defensive thing. I don't think there's a problem with this offense. I think at this point, Dallas has figured out that they are a going to be a pass-heavy team at this point until Zeke proves otherwise that he can be as productive as what he used to be. Then he can go back to getting those 25 carries a game like he used to, where he can feed, he can eat, and he can do all that stuff. But I want to see Tony Pollard get more carries. I, I do. I, I, I want to see Zeke not in as much. He hasn't been productive. I told you this. Zeke is one of those backs – where he relies on dancing around in the backfield, finding room, and not hitting the hole. Tony Pollard does what any um, offensive line dreams of. He hits the hole. He hits the hole hard. He doesn't even question it. He just hits it, and that's why he has almost six to seven yards of carry. Like I said with the offense, offense is fine. I'm not concerned. Everyone's talking about how they think this is the same old mediocre Dallas Cowboys team. I don't believe that. I truly think that once we sort of have these injury issues, start getting resolved. I think you're going to see that product, that productivity coming from the defense as well. But I'm not I'm not worried. The Browns I mean they're a decent team, but I know Beckham should not have scored three touchdowns in that game. I'm sorry. He he really shouldn't have. Um it, they weren't throwing anything special. They that at the end of the day they just outplayed us and the run, their running game was just killing us. Their time of possession was killing us. So once again, Dak had to do what he's been doing since the very beginning of the season. He has to play from behind. And anyone can say what they want to. You talked about it, how we, you know, you don't want to see Dak throwing these 50, 60 yard, I mean, sorry, not yard, 50, 60, uh, like, uh, pass attempts. You got to do it. Like, you have to do it. And until we get into a situation where we start getting up, that's the thing that Dallas has always struggled with. Dallas has always struggled with not being able to, to be up or always playing from behind, which you can partially blame Dak Prescott. If people say, and people will start saying, well, you know, he's throwing these empty yards. 
and there's and I think in Shannon, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless were talking about this uh, the game. Uh, Shannon Sharp mentioned this. I think he said that when the game was tied, fourteen fourteen, that went seven for fifteen with a fumble. Okay, those aren't good passing completion yeah, they're not percentages. But at the end of the day, if you saw the fumble. It was it's something that you see in the league happen every single week, and especially one of the best players that does it, Miles Garrett. He's he's perfected the art of the strip sack. Doesn't matter how good of a pocket presence you have, you're going to give up those fumbles, and it's unfortunate that they didn't get it. But that's really the only reason why Dak wasn't able to be able to go up and be able to um, end up taking that game, and, you know, taking it by the helm and be able to control it and start putting up points and uh, beating the Browns at that point. But there's fixable things. I'm not worried. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see this Giants game. We'll talk about that. But um, I'll let you say your comments. I, I think that's pretty much all I had. But you'll probably cover all the things about this. Yeah, uh, I agree with most of what you said. Um, you mentioned the Browns not putting up a lot. Uh, let's go across Baker, 19-31-65, two scores. I mean, nothing incredibly special. Something special. Um. Props to Jarvis Landry because he threw a better, a 37-yard touchdown pass to OBJ, which was probably the best receiver throwing touchdown I've ever seen. Um, and this, and they, they ran that play countless times. Yeah, so this isn't a knock on Dallas's defense. This is just something about how good Cleveland's running game is. Their offensive line is very good, and they have two pro bowlers. Um, Nick Chubb was hurt during this game, which he sucked to see. Each hate to see. 42 yards before yeah. he got hurt. MCL sprint. MCL sprint, I think. Yep. They were led by Denernis Johnson, 95 yards, 13 carries. OBJ added 73 yards rushing and a touchdown. If Jalen Smith makes that tackle, y'all have a chance to win this football game. Alvin Smith. Sorry. Was Alvin Smith. I couldn't could, <laughs> could, could remember good. which one it was. But still, that tackle's got to be made. There's no reason OBJ should have scored on that. Uh, Kareem Hunt, 11 carries, 71 yards, two scores. Uh, As far as receiving, five catches, 81 yards, two scores for Odell Beckham Jr. Denzel Ward added an interception, but Denzel Ward's one of the best young corners in the league. So uh, Terrence Mitchell led the way on defense, 12 tackles. Miles Garrett, two sacks on a forced fumble. Um, Here's the thing. Every quarterback in this league gets strip sacked. If you need any proof, Patrick Mahomes got strip sacked. On Monday night. And he's what everyone considers to be the best in the league. So, um, as far as the Cowboys' actual stats are concerned, Dak Prescott, 41 of 58, 502, four touchdowns, one pick, 1,600 yards, 1,600 yards plus through four weeks. Absolutely insane. While I don't like seeing him throw the ball 58 times, I also agree the fact that you have to do it when you're behind. I understand. But Dallas's and most of Dallas's inabilities to run the football right now is considering they are starting Pee Wee leaguers at, uh, on the offensive line. Because they're so. We had dudes, dudes that have played tackle in their whole career switching to guard and center. Like, what are, what are these people expecting? This isn't the Great Wall of Dallas. We don't have Travis Frederick anymore. Tyron Smith, he might as well retire. He's as useless as a bag of bricks. Like,. Like, what do you want? What do you want Dak to do? He's putting up these numbers with literally a peewee offensive line, and yet everyone's saying it's Dak's fault. 
Like, get, it's far get your head out of the gutter. Um, yeah, they had 85 yards rushing as a team. Lone rushing touchdown came from Tony Pollard. Um, the strength of this Cowboys team is their receivers. Uh, Amari Cooper, 12 catches, 134 yards, one touchdown. And this guy's playing at 50%, and he's putting up that. And he's third in the league in receiving yards right now. And he's playing hard. With a a bum foot. With a bum foot. Um, Hello, C.D. Lamb. Five catches, 79 yards, two scores. Uh, Dalton Schultz, four catches, 72 yards, and a score. And Zeke out of the backfield, 71 yards, receiving eight catches. So Zeke can still get involved if the run game ain't working. Um, two fumbles, one by Dak, one by Zeke. Those ended up hurting all later on. Donovan Wilson led on defense with 10 tackles on the sack. Uh, I agree with you on most of anything. I think that I cannot understand for the fact of me how Mike Nolan still has a job. Doesn't make sense to me. He should have been fired yeah. two weeks ago, but that's... Because, it's because Jerry Jones is the one in front of the team. That, it's just that simple. Oh, Until I know. He Jerry Jones has team. an ego trip, man. That's what I said earlier. Uh, the Cowboys are hosting the hopeless New York Giants, and Cleveland returns home to host the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Pick a game. Ooh. Or just pick a team that we haven't talked about, and I'll find the game. Go ahead and go with the Pats Chiefs. Go with the Chiefs? All righty. Do it. Alrighty, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Cam Newtonless New England Patriots twenty-six to ten. Cam plays on this game. Patriots win this game. Let's just get that off the bat right now. Um, the Patriots backup quarterbacks are absolutely terrible, and the Chiefs are a very, 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 very good football team. And you're not going to beat them when you're when you have two quarterbacks throw two throw three interceptions combined and lose a fumble. You're not going to turn the ball four. You're not going to turn the ball over four times against Patrick Mahomes and expect to win. Um, as far as um. Patriots, Brian Hoyer, 15 of 24, 130 yards, one pick. Jared Stidham, 5 of 13, 60 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Brian Hoyer also lost a fumble. Also, Brian Hoyer had one of the most stupid mistakes that I've ever seen. When he, uh, on that fourth down play. Where they had no timeouts and were... They were in field goal range, and he took a sack. Like, oh, my God, Bell. I've never seen Belichick that mad. Uh, uh, excuse me. We've got rushing-wise for the Patriots, Damian Harris, 100 yards on 17 carries. Former Panther Demir Bird led them in receiving with five catches for 80 yards. Uh, Stephon Gilmore forced a fumble as well, and unfortunately, Stephon Gilmore did test positive for COVID-19 this morning. Hate to see it. Hope he gets better. Um, I knew Cam Newton wasn't going to be the only one. I knew it. It's like it don't work that way. Well, it was a legend. It was an alleged report that um, before Cam found out he tested positive, uh, him and Stefan actually went to dinner one night uh, together. So that very well could have been yeah. when he contracted. That could be. As far as for the Kansas City Chiefs, Patty Mahomes, nineteen of twenty nine, two thirty six, two scores on the low side of games for him. 
Uh, but honestly, sometimes you don't got to be ridiculous to win football games. Um, because, when, well, I mean, the Chiefs actually have a solid defense. As, as we just talked about, Buddha knows. <laughs> uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, 64 yards rushing on 16 carries. Go ahead and say it because I know you want to. <laughs> uh, they were led by Travis Kelsey with 70 yards on three catches. Tyree Kill, 64 yards f- on four catches and a TD. Uh, McCole Hardman added the other touchdown. Tyron Matthew, Rashawn Fenton, and Juan Thornhill added the three interceptions. So, let me get this straight. Mahomes throws two scores. Edward G. Lair, 64 yards rushing. Travis Kelsey, 70 yards receiving. Tyree Kill, 64 yards on a touchdown. And McCole Hardman adds a score. Like, this offense is ridiculous. Everyone's getting the ball, man. Everyone, everyone's getting a piece of the cake. Like, like, no one. I have yet. I really want to see Kansas City play the Steelers' defense. Me, freaking too. That's man. what I want to see because it's going to take a great defense to. Be, I mean, you can stop one or two of them, but they're so stacked on. On offense, which is a thing that has led to Patrick Mahomes' success. Now, Mahomes is great on his own, right? Don't get me wrong. But it does help having all these weapons to throw to, which isn't his fault. He got drafted there. He he can't help that. But That's why I think Mahomes has been the second best quarterback this year. The first best quarterback we'll talk about here in a little bit. Also known as Russell Wilson. Um, yes, sir. The Patriots are hosting the Broncos, which that will be a destruction. And the Chiefs are hosting the Raiders. Interesting game. Yeah, it's uh, say, you know a team I'm interested to hear your thoughts on because I know how you feel. Let's go to let's go to Vegas and talk about the Buffalo Bills. Now hold on, hold on. Let me let me backtrack before we go into the Raiders because I, I want to have a little bit of input about that Pat's Chiefs game. I told you that you don't really need studs, like a complete, you know, Pro Bowl defense to to produce and do well. The Patriots are the living, breeding model of that. I think the only decent player, I'm not going to say called Stephon Gilmore decent player, but one of the very few, like, all pro players they have, it's Gilmore. And that's it. It's what happens when these guys buy into the system. And... It's cool to see because Belichick is really one of the few uh, solid defensive-minded coaches in this league anymore. You see these uh, head coaches that are defensive-minded coaches. You got Matt Patricia. I mean, Lions are garbage. I mean, you're you're seeing these good teams that are the head coaches are offensive-minded. Bill Belichick still sticking to his scheme of uh, emphasizing defense. That's why. That's why I'm not losing hope with Dallas. I think. I think if they can buy in, like the Patriots have bought into the system, I, I think they can do well. The Chiefs should not have won that game by any means. They weren't playing up to their standards. And if Cam would have been in that game, they would have beat the brakes off them. It's that simple. We can go on to the Raiders now. Here's my thing. Uh, the Bills defeat the Raiders 30-23. to And the Bills are a popular team at the moment. Overrated. Here's the thing. Josh Allen has played extremely well. Stephon Diggs has been off the walls insane, and they have one of the best defenses. But, for those people that I've seen on Twitter and other social media saying they can give the Kansas City Chiefs a run for their money, stop. 
Stop no it. No shot. Stop no it. No shot. Look, as I just said, Patrick Mahomes is first or second as far as quarterbacks in this league right now. I like I like Josh Allen's ability. He can throw, he can run. I don't necessarily like him as a person, but he's a pretty good quarterback and he's playing well. But he won't go one-on-one against Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry. And also, he hasn't been put in that situation where it's games tied up or they're down. Bills have the ball. Let Kyle, let him, let, or let Josh Allen drive down the field. He he hasn't done that yet. He hasn't been put in that situation until he's been put in that situation, and he proves to me that he has ice in his veins. Then I will continue to call him overrated. Anyway, speaking of Josh Allen, 24-34-288, two scores. Didn't do a lot for his run, for, on his legs this week, which is kind of weird for him. See, because he has, he's usually pretty reliable on him. Um, the rushing attack was led by Devin Singletary, 55 yards, and a score on 18 carries. Stephon Diggs, six catches, 115. Before I go into something, look at the trade between Buffalo and Minnesota and how it's worked out for both teams. The Bills got this elite wide receiver one, and the Vikings got a couple first and drafted Justin Jefferson, who I said from the start the Eagles should have taken. Justin Jefferson the last two weeks has been phenomenal. And once again, go Dogs. So I think it's worked out for both of them. It depends on what Minnesota does with that other first-round pick uh, in April. Um, It's going to be a later because, you know, the Bills are 4-0 and undefeated, and they're – I don't see them losing anytime soon. Um, they were, uh, yeah, six catches, 115 yards for Stephon Diggs. Former Dallas Cowboy, Cole Beasley, caught a touchdown. And the other touchdown was Gabriel Davis. I literally forgot Cole Beasley played, played in Buffalo, not going to lie. He, he's a stud, though. He really is a stud. Um, also, excellent rapper, might I add. Yeah. Uh, forced fumbles were forced by Quentin Jefferson and Josh Norman. Miss that, man. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds led the way with 12 tackles. Hashtag go Hokies beat UNC. Had to do it. Let's go. Let's go. Um, as far as the Las Vegas Raiders, what I want to talk about real quick is how no one is talking about the fact that Derek Carr has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year stat-wise. Absolute stud. 32 of 44, 311, two scores. Like no let's one's... also talk about let's also talk about Darren Waller. Yeah, being um, one of the most yeah, slept uh, on receivers. Yeah, or tight ends, but he technically uh, yeah, is sorry, a receiver. Sorry, jo- basically, yeah, he's basically a receiver. Uh, let's see, you got Josh Jacobs, fifteen carries, forty-eight yards. Uh, speaking of Darren Waller, he led the way, nine catches for eighty-eight yards. Um, former Philadelphia Eagle Nelson Aguilar caught another touchdown, and Jason Witten. Caught a touchdown pass. That dude, it's dude. Seeing him on the field every single time I see him, it's still the weirdest thing. Yeah, I ever. feel you. I it, feel it's you. so it's so weird. Um, I'm happy for him. I'm not one of those Cowboys haters that's been crapping on him. I think if he can still continue to play, Dallas didn't think he continued to play, and they didn't think he was going to be on the fields consistently. I, I'm happy for him. They um, they did. Raiders offense did fumble three times, and they lost two of them, and I think that's really what cost them this game. Uh, Eric Harris led the way on defense with eight tackles. The Bills are supposed to face the Titans this weekend, but I will be shocked if that game happens. Um, And speaking of the Raiders, we talked about Patrick Mahomes just a few minutes ago. 
That's where the Raiders are going. They're going to Kansas City. Uh, let's go to my favorite team in the NFL. Lions go. The New Orleans Saints defeated the Detroit Lions 35-29. to As Carl would like to say, he can't trust me with the Saints. And he's correct. I do not like these guys. Uh, you had the Lions. They came out swinging. They were up 14 nothing early and then rip. The Saints. They needed... do that every game. Yeah, they, they do, do it every game. They like they do well and they just for, forget how to play football. The Saints like, like... needed this win because they need to keep pace with Tampa Bay and Carolina. I cannot believe those words are coming out of my mouth. Um, Insane, the NFC South has gotten a lot more interesting the last two weeks with Carolina's two wins to put them at two and two. Um, I mean, the Saints are going to Saints. As far as Drew Brees, he did look better. 19 and 25, 246, two scores, one interception. Still hasn't looked great. Um, but uh, let's see. Alvin Kamara, 83 yards rushing. And a touchdown on 19 carries. Latavius Murray. Two touchdowns, 64 yards, 14 carries. Saints relied heavily on the run game. Emmanuel Sanders, 93 yards on six catches. Traquan Smith, four catches, 54 yards, two scores. Should have started his ass in fantasy. Um, Patrick Robinson (laughs) added an interception. They were led in tackles by Chauncey Gardner-Johnson with six. And Carl and I have talked about this on recent podcasts. Your defensive backs should not be leading you in tackles. No. No, that's a problem. Now. If you're facing Dallas and Dak Prescott's throwing the ball 60 times a game, yeah, it's probably going to happen. Um, as far as the Lions, Matthew Stafford, 17-31, to 31, 206 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Adrian Peterson added a rushing touchdown, but I ain't talking about the Lions running game. They haven't had a running game since Barry Sanders. It's not even worth talking about at this point. The only team that has a worse running game than them is the Houston Texans, and we'll get to them in a little bit. Jeez. Um... As far as their receivers, Kenny Galladay, four catches, 62 yards on a score. One of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. He doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson added the other two touchdowns. Dale Roberts had an interception off of Drew Brees. Jamie Collins, nine tackles to lead the team. We talk about head coaches like with when the Texans just fired Bill O'Brien and the Falcons need to fire Dan Quinn and the Jets need to fire Adam Gase. The Lions need to fire Matt Patricia. Uh, as far as next week, we have our first two teams on buys, officially. I don't really count last week between Pittsburgh and Tennessee because of COVID. The first official buy belongs to the Detroit Lions, as they have a Week 5 buy, and the Saints are hosting the Justin Herbert-led Los Angeles Chargers. Speaking of Justin Herbert, let's go there. And a Justin Herbert and Tom Brady duel. Bro, Tom Brady threw back the clock. 30 of 46, 369, five touchdowns, one interception. Like, that's like 2010-ish Tom Brady. Now, you also have to take into consideration that that interception was a pick six, and I think he's thrown, what, three pick sixes this year already? Oh, 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 yeah, it was. I ain't denying that. I'm just saying you don't, like... Almost 370 and five scores is absolutely insane for a guy that's 42 years old. Um, great game for Ronald Jones, 111 yards on 20 carries. Mike Evans <laughs> finally stopped that uh, one catch, one yard, one score kind of thing that he's been doing. 
Seven catches, 122 yards, and a score. Um, Scotty Miller, or as I like to call him, Scooty Miller. O.J. Howard, who is out for the season. Kishon Vaughn and Cameron Bray added Brady's remaining touchdown passes. Levante David, who's the best defender on that team, had 11 tackles. Okay, let's talk about Justin Herbert for a second. Because all I heard coming out of Oregon was decision-making, and he's not going to be ready, and he's not ready for pro-style offense, blah, 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 blah. Which half of that's true, don't get me wrong. I want to know how the Chargers, how Anthony Lynn can literally look at the last three weeks of this performance and say Tyrod is his starter when Justin Herbert is playing like that. I really want to know what he sees. I Don't get me wrong. I'm a Tech fan. I love Tyrod to death. But when you draft a quarterback sixth overall and he comes in the last three weeks and puts up the numbers that he's put up, I don't see how you cannot start him for the rest of the year. Like, I do not understand. I mean, 20-25, 293 scores and interception. And then, of course, that one interception was just a rookie mistake. People forget, rookies are going to throw interceptions. It happens. But only five incompletions, almost 300 yards and three scores. Like, I, 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 I just don't understand. I, I really don't get it. Um, they had no run game, uh, so they only added 46 yards. Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson, and Donald Parham added the touchdowns because we all had that in the office pool because Keenan Allen doesn't score touchdowns apparently in this game. Uh, Keenan Allen, 8 catches, 62 yards. They had uh, the pick six you talked about was a 78-yard interception by Michael Davis. Kaiser White, former UVA Cavalier, and Kenneth Murray added 10 tackles each. My whole thing is, the Chargers are not a good football team. But, and look, I know if Delby was here, he'd probably be chastising me for talking crap about Tyrod. But, there's no way. Well, I, I, I mean, Her- Herbert's just playing, he's just playing lights out. There's no reason. I, like I said, we're Tech fans. Tyrod's always been one of our favorite players. I feel bad for him because he always seems to be put in these situations. Always. It's like he's set up for failure everywhere he goes. He does well, then it seems like they bring in some young stud, and then he just gets slowly pushed out. Um, but, I don't know. Uh, Air, Air Bears is just playing well. It, I, there's, no, there's no denying it. Yeah, Herbert's been... He's been really good. Um as far as next week, the Chargers are down in New Orleans taking on the Saints, and the Bucks are facing Chicago tomorrow night um, Bears. on Thursday Night Football. Fun fact, Carl has not nailed a Thursday Night Football prediction this entire year because he picked the hapless Jets. <laughs> oh, also, that's something you're going to hear a lot nowadays is the hapless New York Jets. That's what we call them on here. Hey, hey no, hey, look, you, you see who's the, quarter, who's the starting quarterback now for the Jets? It oh, doesn't water, matter. baby. Blacko, baby. It's Super Bowl champion. It doesn't matter, Joe. It doesn't matter who starts for that team. As long as they're coached by Adam Gase, they're never going to do anything. Uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, Speaking of the Jets, why don't we go to their game? The Denver Broncos defeated the New York Jets 37-28. Really bad game on paper. Third consecutive week, Thursday night football. Hits again. Um... The Jets forced three turnovers, 
and still got beat by double digits. Because Brett Ripon did everything in his power to hand the Jets this game. Three interceptions. And they still couldn't get it done. Sam Darnold, 23 of 42, 230, no scores. He did uh, sprain his shoulder, which is why he's going to be out this week. Uh, He added 84 yards and a touchdown on six carries. That rushing touchdown was something else. Uh, Jamison Crowder, 104 yards on seven catches. Pierre Desir, who was absolute mossed by Jerry Judy in this game. Uh, he added two interceptions, including a pick six. Brian Poole with an interception. Desir added seven tackles to go along with those two interceptions. Jets had zero sacks, no pass rush. You're not doing much on defense if you don't have a pass rush. Um, as you said, it starts from the linebackers out, but... But to be fair, the Jets really don't have any of them either. They don't really have a lot of anything. As far as Denver, Brett Ripon in his first start, 19-31 of for 242. Two scores and three interceptions. Melvin Gordon, legit the reason you won in fantasy this week, beside one other player that I'm going to absolutely go off of when we get to him. 170 yards and two scores on 23 carries. You know darn well you should have lost. You know that, right? We've already talked about this. I didn't even start Kittle. So if I would have started Kittle, you would have gotten blown out. It doesn't matter. You didn't start Kittle. You got... Still got the dub, baby. You you got lucky and you know it. (laughs) A dub's a dub no matter how small. Fair point. Um, Tim Patrick added 113 yards and a touchdown on six catches. Jerry Judy, two catches, 61 yards in that Moss touchdown. Jerry Judy is... I want to know how Jerry Judy... And CeeDee Lamb both went after Henry Ruggs. Like, I don't understand. Uh, uh, You got five sacks as a team from the Broncos, two from Joey's Jewel, and two and a half. And if you listen to this podcast, we don't believe in half sacks around here. Uh, And two and a half sacks from Bradley Chubb, who is an absolute monster. Man, man, what is it with Denver? Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, what other great pass rush are they going to add next year? It's like, that's all they do is draft elite pass rushers. That's true. true. Next week, the Jets are facing the Cardinals, and the Broncos are taking on the Patriots. I got a little recommendation of who we can uh, talk about next, what team we can talk about next. Who we got? Now, I have very much experience with this quarterback. In my opinion, I think he actually deserving, he needs to be deserving in the winning race for the MVP. No one is talking about how he is playing and putting up these stats against with nobodies. Nobodies. That is Mr. Cowboys killer himself. Discount double check. Aaron Rodgers. Dude, he is playing with a bunch of peewee players that I've never heard of and he is looking like he's like just came out of the league like he wasn't like 2010. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers is the fact that his front office pissed him off so much that he's doing this. Oh, he what did. he said the other day on the Pat McAfee show is the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Pat lost it. I love uh, Pat Crack. Shout out. out. Shout out to the Pat McAfee show, man. Shout out. Um, but he's not He's not wrong. Down years for Aaron Rodgers or career years for a lot of guys, and I know you're not going to like this next statement, but like two years, LeBron's first year in L.A., uh, when they didn't make the playoffs because he had a groin injury and stuff. He averaged 26.8 points a game, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, which is a down year for him for the most part. That's career years for other guys. 
So, yeah, it's kind of the same thing on that point. Um, just to go into this game, let me just come out and say it. The Atlanta Falcons are a horrible football team. They're poorly coached, but as you said, the Dallas Cowboy killer himself, Aaron Rodgers, 27 to 33, 327 and four touchdowns. Like, are you kidding me? Do you have Do you have his receivers on you? Do you have the Do you have the list of the receivers on there? Yes. I think I only know Lazard. I yes. think that's the only one that no, I know. And you can't say Lazard because he didn't play. Yeah, exactly. And he like he's throwing to nobodies, and he's making them look Marquez like. Marquez Scantling is the only one that's played before. The, I'm just gonna run through the stats, and I'll get to his leading receiver, and I'll prove your point. Um. Uh, yeah, on the ground, Aaron Jones, who's one of the more underrated running backs in the league, 71 yards, 15 carries, 40 yards and a touchdown on five catches, too, so he's a lot of dual threat. Robert Tonyan led the way with six catches for 98 yards and three scores. I never heard of this three man before. Tutties. I had never heard of this man until the other night. Uh, and, th- and then their backup, Jamal Williams, added 95 yards on eight catches. Are okay, we got to talk about the game that Zadarius Smith had. Eight tackles, three sacks, four tackles for loss. Matt Ryan straight dog, dog. Um, the Falcons. The only way the Falcons are going to win games is because don't get me wrong, Dallas's defense is bad, but Atlanta's isn't that far behind them. Um, to be fair, the Falcons have the same issue y'all do. They don't have a secondary. Yeah, they also don't have a quarterback. They need to get rid of Matt Ryan. He's washed up and he's garbage. Uh, let's see, Matt Ryan, if the Falcons' offense don't play well, they ain't going to have a chance. Matt Ryan, 28 of 39, 285. No touchdowns, no picks, nothing special. Todd Gurley, 67 yards, two scores, 16 carries. He still hasn't rushed for over 80 yards. Uh, he might get that opportunity this weekend, but we'll go to that in a minute. Uh, Julio Jones became the all-time leader in receptions for the Falcons, passing Roddy White. He had 32 yards on four catches before going out due to a hamstring injury that's been nagging him all season. He is questionable this weekend. Uh, Calvin Ridley, absolute invisible. No catches. This man needed one catch to give me a win in fantasy, and this dude didn't do anything. And part of that's on Matt Ryan for not delivering him the ball right because he had a couple chances. Um. But, you know, whatever. Calvin Ridley's been great this season besides this Green Bay game. Props. There's a corner for Green Bay. Jair Alexander, who was on him most of the night, and Jair Alexander's a damn good corner. So, yeah, he, he was locking him down. All props. That was part of the reason All right, why. I'm going to try to say this name. They were led in receiving by Olama- Olamati Zacchaeus. Eight catches, 86 yards. Never even heard of the dude. Uh, they were led in tackles by Deion Jones with eight. Falcons are 0-4. Uh, Dan Quinn still has a job. Uh, Falcons are back at home hosting the Panthers, where Panthers haven't won there in five years. Uh, hopefully that changes. And the Packers are on a bye week. Let's see. Let's go to Joe Burrow in his first NFL win. Go ahead. Uh, the Bengals defeated the Jaguars 33-25. to Joe Burrow notches his first NFL win. Bro, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are fantastic, and Miami fans need to slow their horses with the Tua talk. Slow it down. Yes, for real. They think he's like the next Marino or something. Which, I mean, he hasn't played yet, but he doesn't need to be playing right now. 
So just no, chill. No. Just chill. Miami, calm down. Um, also, finally, hello, Joe Mixon, for finally showing up. Yes, sir. Uh, Joe, Joe Burrow, 25 of 36, 300 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Joe Mixon, 151 yards and two scores on 25 carries. You're not going to lose games when your quarterback throws for 300 and your running back rushes for over 150. You're not going to That's what games. I want to see with Dallas. That's, that's what I want with Dallas. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if Dak Prescott throws for 300 yards and is only throwing the ball 30-plus times and Zeke carries it for 20 times and rushes for 150 yards, y'all aren't losing games. I don't care how bad your defense is. Um, uh, he, they were led by Tyler Boyd receiving, who's also very underrated. Seven catches for 90 yards. And look at T. Higgins finally coming into his own. Four catches, 77 yards for the former Clemson Tiger. Uh, also, Joe Mixon, 30 yards receiving and a touchdown on six catches if his running performance wasn't good enough for you. Uh, they were. Uh, you had Jordan Evans with an interception, and Jesse Bates led them in tackles with 10. I will say this about the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is a scrappy-ass team they have down there. They don't give up. They're not necessarily good, but they do not give up. Uh, you had Gardner Minshew, 27 of 43, 51, two scores, one pick. Uh, James Robinson led the way on the ground, 17 carries, 75 yards. DJ Chark, 95 yards, two scores on eight catches. LaVisca Chenault, five catches, 86 yards. Miles Jack, best defender on the team by a landslide uh, with an interception. Josh Jones added 11 tackles to lead the team. Like I said, Jacksonville's a scrappy team, but they, but they ran into Joe Mixon. That's pretty much all that needs to be said here. The Jaguars travel to Houston to face the winless Texans, and the Bengals get a massive test as they go to Baltimore to face the Lamar Jackson-led Ravens. Texans. Minnesota Vikings get their first win of the year, defeating the Houston Texans 31-23, a game that would get Bill O'Brien fired as head coach and GM, and all Texans fans everywhere were throwing parties. Um. Now, hey, I think the amazing thing about that firing was that you don't see it happen too often in the NFL where the players actually have a voice in who's going to be the coaches. Apparently, J.J. Watt had this big encounter and interaction with Bill O'Brien. It was a very heated exchange. After that, the players started rallying around Watt and pretty much got him fired, which... I think you're going to start seeing that as a trend within the NFL. I think more I think more things like that need to happen. I think these coaches are four games. I mean, it, it's four games. That that's huge. Any any team that's owned for that head coach should be fired. It's it's that simple. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um I just think the Texans they would have done this sooner. They'd still have DeAndre Hopkins, but, you know, is what it is. Uh, for Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, he was efficient. Wasn't great, but sometimes you don't got to be. 16 to 22, 261 touchdown. That's efficient. That's going to win you football games. Dalvin Cook, 27 carries, 130 yards, and two scores for the former Florida State Seminole. Uh, Dalvin Cook doesn't get talked about enough. He's, he, he's the top five running back in the league. I don't care what anybody says. Um, there's just so many injuries to the – Elite running backs right now. I mean the I mean the two best running backs in the league are both on it are on, on IR at the moment. Zeke is invisible. Um, no offense. Um, no 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 no. Please please continue to say that. <laughs> I will admit though. Hey, he did come out and say 
I don't know if it was in a press conference here recently. He did come out and say he took full accountability. He says that he's everyone looks at him as the leader on this team, and him fumbling the way he has is not acceptable, and he says he can't do that anymore. One player that needs to take notes from Zeke and needs to start taking accountability is Demarcus Lawrence. So I agree. Maybe you can take some notes. Uh, they they had a they had another running touchdown from their backup Alexander Mattinson. Adam Thielen eight catches, one hundred fourteen yards, and a score. Um, another great week for Justin Jefferson. Eagles should have taken Justin Jefferson. Four catches for 103 yards. Eric Kendricks, who is absolutely ridiculous, one of the best linebackers in the game, 12 tackles. Wow. Their new addition from Jacksonville, his name is Yannick. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name. Added five tackles and a sack. Um, Minnesota still got an uphill battle. They have the same issue that the Falcons and the Cowboys have. Their defense is absolute terrible. Um... Which is not good considering who Minnesota's got to play next week. Um, for Houston, Deshaun Watson, I feel bad for this man. 20 of 33, 300 yards and two scores. Um, and here it says LOL out of run game. It's not even worth mentioning. It's so bad. Um, they had 16 carries for 63 yards for David Johnson. Nobody else had more than five yards rushing. Uh, they were led the way on offense by Will Fuller, 108 yards and a tutty on six catches. Kenny Stills had the other touchdown. Led on defense by Zach Cunningham, no surprise, with 10 tackles. As far as next week, the Houston Texans will host the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Vikings get the lovely pleasure with that defense of trying to defend Russell Wilson. Speaking of Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks advance to 4-0 and on the young season as they defeat the Miami Dolphins 31-23. to while the Dolphins do contribute to struggle, there's a lot of Tua talk coming from the fan base. They need to chill the F out because I promise you, you don't want to put him in and then him get hurt. You drafted him fifth overall. He's going to be the face of your franchise. It'll happen naturally. Just chill. Now, the Seahawks don't have a very good defense either. I will say, their two best defensive players are Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner. Jamal Adams is dealing he's, with a groin injury. Uh, he's still, yeah, I was going to say, he's still out with a groin injury. Yeah, so, which I believe he suffered in the Dallas game. <laughs> which is why he did wasn't as crazy productive in the Dallas game as he was in the first two. Um, but for Seattle, Seattle will go as far as Russell Wilson carries them. And with the way he's playing right now, 24-34, touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Chris Carson... Uh, 80 yards and two scores on 16 carries. DK Metcalf didn't celebrate too early this time. Four catches, 160 yards. He learned. He learned a thing or two in that Dallas game, didn't he? Uh, where has David Moore come from? Three catches, 95 yards on a touchdown. There's something about Russell Wilson just pulling these guys out of nowhere. Um, and then Travis Homer, one of their backup running backs, added the other Wilson touchdown. Shaquille Griffin and Ryan Neal got picks off of Fitzpatrick. Give you one guess who led the way on defense and tackles. Hmm. I don't. I don't know who. Bobby Wagner, <laughs> <laughs> your favorite linebacker. Yeah, twelve tackles. Hey, I mean, he's easily the best middle linebacker now. Obviously not when Keith Lee was in there. Right? I don't know. <laughs> um, as far as for the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, twenty-nine of forty-five, three fifteen, zero touchdowns, two picks. Here's my example. You throw the ball 45 times, you throw for 300 yards, but you don't throw any touchdowns. He also added 47 yards rushing in a, t- in a tutty. Devontae Parker, 10 catches, 110 yards. Devontae Parker doesn't get enough credit either. 
Uh, Xavier <laughs> Howard added the lone interception. You want to know whose name I haven't heard on the intercepts and stat sheet this year for the Miami Dolphins? Byron Jones. Byron Jones. <laughs> no shocker, Biggie. No freaking shocker. That's all he can do. He can just cover. He's just a cover corner, which is why we got rid of him. But you know what? I, I would love to have a cover corner in Dallas right now. I really would. Emmanuel Ogba led the way on defense with five tackles, one sack, and two TFLs. Uh, as we talked about, Seattle will host Minnesota, and the Dolphins will travel to face the 49ers. Let's go to one of the. Uh, let's go to the other two NFC least teams. Uh, the Washington Football Team lost to the Baltimore Ravens, thirty-one to seventeen. Washington is in the news a lot today as they have just outright Haskins. scratched Dwayne Haskins. He's not even going to be active this Sunday. The starter will be Kyle Allen. God help you, Washington. Alex Smith is the backup. Alex right? Smith will be now. the backup. Yeah. Um, Let's see. For the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, 14 and 21, 193, two scores, one pick, 53 rushing yards, and a touchdown with seven carries. So he did bounce back from that horrific game against the Chiefs. Uh, he's just going to have to be better for them to compete with Kansas City. Um, you had Mark Ingram added a rushing touchdown. They rushed for 144 yards as a team, which is no shock. This team loves to run the football. Mark Andrews, people need to start respecting this man. Um, he caught both of Lamar's touchdowns for 57 yards. They were led in receiving by Hollywood Brown, four catches for 86 yards. Marlon Humphrey, who signed a massive contract extension last week, forced a fumble, which was recovered by their other star corner, Marcus Peters. Patrick Queen, go ahead. Uh, was everywhere with 12 tackles and three tackles for loss. For the Washington football team, here's what I don't understand. Dwayne Haskins was 32-45 for 314. <laughs> It's not like it was terrible. <laughs> and he had a rushing touchdown. I, uh, Washington, 69 rushing yards as a team. Antonio Gibson had 46 yards of that and a touchdown on 13 carries. He also added 82 yards receiving on four catches. Uh, now, I, I got a question for you, Biggie. You know Rivera well. Why, why do you think he made that decision? I know people have obviously said Rivera wasn't the one that drafted him, so he had no problem with kicking him in the boot. Why, why do you think he's doing this? Uh... I think it's exactly that. He didn't draft him. And Haskins, while throwing for that, didn't throw any touchdowns and really hasn't been good all year. And there's a guy behind him that knows the system very well in Kyle Allen, who played pretty well last year. He does have fumble issues. I just think Washington is just trying to get a quarterback of the future in next year's draft, whether it's Fields, whether it's Trey Lance. Um, I think Trey Lance would fit in well there. But um, they were led on offense by their literally only threat to do anything is Terry McLaurin with uh, 118 yards on 10 catches. Uh, Kendall Fuller came away with two interceptions. Hashtag go Hokies. Uh, and John Bostic everywhere with 14 tackles. Washington football team next week they're hosting the Rams. Kyle Allen's going to die. Aaron Donald. And the Ravens are hosting the Bengals as we have discussed. We have three games left? Colts, uh, I think so. Yep. Let's go. Cardinals team. The Indianapolis Colts win their third in a row, defeating the Chicago Bears 19-11. Very low-scoring game. The orange jersey curse for the Chicago Bears continues. <laughs> Every time they wear these things, they lose. My dad hates these jerseys. Um, absolutely hates them. Uh, as far as for the 
Colts, Phillip Rivers, 16 of 29, 191 score, nothing special. Jonathan Taylor, 68 yards on 17 carries. Their leading receiver was Zach Pascal, 58 yards on three catches. Mo Alley Cox caught a touchdown pass again. Julian Blackman added an interception off of Foles. Justin Houston, four tackles, one sack, and two tackles for loss. This game wasn't pretty, but as you said earlier, a dub is a dub. For the Bears, Nick Foles, 26 of 42. 250, one touchdown, one pick. No rushing game to be found. We ain't going to discuss it. Uh, Allen Robinson, one of the best receivers in the league. Seven catches, 101 yards on a tutty. Roquan Smith led the way there on defense with 13 tackles and three tackles for loss. Colts are in Cleveland. Taking on the on the Browns. And the Browns offense will not be scoring 49 points on the Indianapolis Colts defense. I hope the Colts beat the brakes out of the Browns. The Indianapolis Colts have one of the better defenses in the league this year, which no one's talking about that either. And we've talked about Bears are hosting Tampa Bay tomorrow night. My whole thing is with Chicago, Nick Foles ain't the future there. Nick Foles going to get passed on again like he always does because he doesn't do anything outside of Philadelphia. It's that simple. I've talked about it. And Delby has, like, we don't take any Nick Foles slander up in here. I was like, the only time he's ever done anything is when he's been in Philadelphia. Uh, I mean, when, when he uh, came in to play over uh, the old Trubisky, he, made, he started laying lights out. Oh, yeah, know. but I'm still talking. Promise. Like, he played well in Philly the first time. And then when he came back, he came in after Wentz got hurt with his ACL injury while he, Wentz was having his best season, and then comes in and takes them to a Super Bowl and wins it. Um, as far as, you know, I, I just think the Bears should never wear those orange jerseys. <laughs> like, I think they're dope looking, but they just seem to be cursed. Yeah, <laughs> they, they yeah, seem to be cursed. Oh, they're nice looking. They're just cursed. And plus, my dad is a traditional Bears fan, and he doesn't like anything other than the blue and whites. So and I, I get it. I understand. I feel that. Alrighty, let's go to the other team in the NFC least, which is the worst team in the division, the New York football Giants at the Los Angeles Rams. Props to the Giants' defense, though. Rams have, as you know, you've played them. Their offense is nothing to slouch over. Um, There wasn't much offense. Uh, The Rams' defense played exceptionally well, but let's be fair, the Giants' offense couldn't couldn't move the ball on a peewee team. And the bad thing is they're not even the worst team in it. in the, in the city of New York. Uh, for the Giants, Daniel Jones, 23 of 36, 190, zero touchdowns, one pick, 45 yards rushing. What's funny is Daniel Jones and Wayne Gallman posted the same rushing stat line six carries for 45 yards. Uh, they were led by Darius Slayton with three catches for 48 yards. That was their leading receiver. I'll tell you what, though. I, I do feel bad for Daniel Jones. Because I, I, I think he I think he can eventually mold into a Pro Bowl quarterback. I think he can. Uh, but they're, they're a joke right now. Yeah, they're a joke. They're terrible. He, he's got no help. Like, they were led by Blake Martinez on defense with 13 tackles. The, the whole gist of this is the fact that the New York Giants are absolutely nothing on offense without Saquon Barkley. Um, as far as for the Rams, Jared Goff, 25-32, 200 yards, one score. They didn't have a rushing attack. Giants' run defense was pretty damn good. Cooper Cup, five catches, 69 yards on a tutty. Darius Williams had an interception, and Taylor Rapp, eight tackles. The Rams travel to Washington, and the Giants go to Dallas yeah, to take on the Cowboys game. 
and the uh, and the New York Giants are going to Dallas to face a desperate Cowboys team. And yes, y'all are desperate for a win. Oh, you'll, you'll see, Biggie. You'll I'm just see. calling it like it is, man. They're, they're gonna, hey, that defense, that defense is just going to get more pissed off and it's going to get sick and tired of everyone calling them trash. I'm telling you, something's going to click and the, everyone's going to start buying in and they're going to poke the sleeping bear, baby. And I hope when so, it does, man. I can't wait for Stephen Day to come out. I can't wait for, I can't wait for Shannon Sharp. They can all, they can all just, they, they, they can go, you know. Okay, you can't tell me, though, that Stephen A. doesn't crack you up. No, I, I, he's obnoxious. Like, we get it. You don't like the Cowboys. You, you don't have to post a video every single night. You know, I don't even lose. think it's – it's not even the Cowboys. It's the obnoxious Cowboys fans that you were not a part of. Thank God. Um, yeah, yeah, I will – yeah. See, but, like, dude, like, we get it. Like, you don't like the Cowboys organization. Like, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know how many more times I can see his annoying self show up with a stupid cowboy's hat on, just <laughs> I don't have that damn cowboy. I, I, I can't, I can't stand it, dude. I, I hate it. It literally makes my blood boil. You know what? But the, until, I, hey, until we win, he can continue to. Win, hey, so. hey, you know what the funny thing is? Is he's like a massive fan of Dak Prescott. Yeah. Good. Alrighty, yeah. the final game we're going to talk about. Let me make sure we didn't miss one. Now that we covered them all. No, one more. That's my team. Let's go. Arizona and Carolina. The Panthers defeat the Cardinals 31-21. That game was not that close. That was a ass-whooping by Carolina in pretty much every facet. Um, Cardinals, they were outplayed. They were outcoached. Teddy Bridgewater was pulling a Russell Wilson in this game. And this young Panthers defense held DeAndre Hopkins to 41 yards receiving. Uh, I've been massively impressed over the last two weeks. Um... Because I think we all had the Panthers in second place in the NFC South, right? Through four weeks? Yeah. Uh, as far as for the Panther stats, Teddy Bridgewater, 26-37, 276, two scores, one interception. Also had a 18-yard rushing touchdown. Mike Davis is having another good game in relief of Christian McCaffrey. 16 carries, 84 yards, one touchdown, five catches, 27 yards. Robbie Anderson has been excellent. Eight catches, 99 yards. Reggie Bonifon and Ian Thomas caught Teddy's touchdown passes. Yatir Gross-Matos forced a fumble, which was recovered by Trey Boston. And they were led in tackles once again by Jeremy Chin with eight. My whole thing is this defense is young, and it's getting better and better by the week, as I said a couple weeks ago. Young defenses only get better with experience, and as the season goes on. Um, they've gotten better, and they really have a chance. They have a chance to go over 500 against the Atlanta Falcons in a place they haven't won in five years. Here's the thing. The Panthers win this game. One, they're burying the Falcons' season under dirt and in a, in a gravestone. And second, if the Falcons lose this game and they don't fire Dan Quinn, I'm pretty sure Falcon fans are going to riot. <laughs> Dude, there's going to be riots in Georgia, bro. <laughs> um for the, crazy. for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, 24-31, 133 yards, three scores, 78 yards rushing, six carries. So it wasn't bad, but 133 yards is not going to get it done. Uh, Hopkins, seven catches, 41 yards. That's it for the second-best receiver in football. Uh, touchdown catches belong to Chase Edmonds, which is the other Edmonds brother, the lesser of the three. Uh, Christian Kirk and Jordan Thomas. Patrick Peterson 
old reliable over there. Adding a reception, Jordan Hicks, 12 tackles, 3 tackles for loss. As I said, Carolina goes to Atlanta to face the Falcons, and the Cardinals take on the hapless New York Jets. So that was the week four games. Uh, not really any surprise wins. Um, maybe except for Cleveland, because I didn't really have Cleveland beating Dallas. That was probably the only And maybe the, maybe the Panthers, too, was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't have us winning that game either, but... All right. So, week five picks. And yes, and yes, you do have to give a score. I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking down the Chicago Bears 21 to 16. Ooh. Got the Bucks taking them down 35-21. I think it's going to be another game where Brady's going to air the ball out. He's going to have a lot of tutties. All right. I've got the Rams dismantling the football team. That cracks me up. I'm even saying that. 30-6. to six. Yeah, I, I, I was th- I was thinking 21-7, 28-7. Um, if this game happens, the Bills go to 5-0, and beating the Tennessee Titans 28-24. Don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to give a score prediction for it anyway. Uh, I, I might have the same boat, but I actually had it flipped. I think the Titans are actually going to win that. And what you, the score you just gave there, I'm going to have it flipped. All right. I still don't think the game gets played, but... Yeah, I don't think it's happening either. Um, sorry, Delby. Uh, I think the Steelers go to 4-0 and win 24-10. to uh, I think I'm going to go with 35-10. to 10. Okay. Being the Steelers being the absolute breaks off of the Philadelphia Eagles. I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> um, but once again, I'm not going to say anything bad because, you know, my team's in the same boat. So. And look. I also said this, and Delby said this in a text between all of us earlier about being in first place. Yes, congratulations. You're 1-2-1 one, and one, and in first place. It probably won't last the weekend. Chill. You still suck, too. Um, I've got the Cardinals annihilating the hapless Jets 40-7. to seven. Yeah, 35-7, 35-10, probably around there. Uh, I've got the Chiefs giving Vegas their third consecutive loss, 35-21. Oh. Yeah, I have I have the Chiefs winning 28-21. I really want to pick the Raiders for this just because Derek Carr has played lights out. And yeah, I think just don't. Him play, <laughs> no, I, but I, th- I think him playing the Chiefs, I think I think he's going to just get to that next level. But I'm not going to give him the win. So 28-21, I think the Chiefs are going to hold out. The Texans get their first win of the season, beating the Jaguars 24-21 on a last-second field goal. I actually had the same score. I had that same score, man. I like that. I like that. I think the two Texans will pull it off. Uh, the Jaguars, you never really know with them. Uh, they could come out with the win, but I think the Texans are going to pull it out. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens beat the Browns 28-25. to Ooh, 28-25. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's going to be 35-14. I think it's going to be a pretty decisive game. I think the old Browns are going to, you know, get a little bit of a reality check. And uh, people in Cleveland are going to stop thinking that uh, Baker Mayfield's the uh, second coming of, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, which is not going to happen. No, he's not. But I, of course, will say the head coach of the Browns, Kevin Stefanski, was is the perfect coach for that team. Oh, completely. Perfect coach. Um, Carolina gets its first win in Atlanta since 2014, winning 30-22 to and sending Dan Quinn out the door. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be 30, 35-14. I think you're going to put up a decent amount of points. I think Teddy's going to air the ball out. He's going to be playing well. Uh, I've got the 49ers kicking up the Dolphins 13-10 to in a low-scoring slugfest. Sorry, go back. I couldn't hear what you said there. Got the 49ers 13-10 over Miami. 13-10. I like that. Uh, I think 21-14 will probably be the score. I think 49ers will take it. Um, I've got Dallas back on track in their second win, defeating the New York Giants 35-24, and Dak not having to throw the ball 60 times because I think Dallas is a much better team on paper, talent-wise, and I don't think they trail for a second in this game. Um, I got them. I got them uh, winning 35-14. Uh, Daniel Jones always manages to find some way to play decently against us, so I think he'll he'll throw a couple of tutties. Uh, the Colts win their. Wait a minute. Why do I have the Browns on here twice? Ravens aren't playing the Browns. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh no, we don't get. Ravens are hosting the Bengals. Excuse me. Um, Go Burrow, Bengals. Why are we talking about that? Okay, take out that Ravens pick for a second. The Ravens will beat the Bengals twenty-eight twenty-five. Ah, uh, just I, th- I think Joe Burrow is going to give the Ravens a run for their money here, but I still think the Ravens will win. I think it's going to be a twenty-eight thirty-five win, one touchdown game, and I think that the uh, Bengals will lose it. Um. Okay, now. Back to your schedule programming. The Colts get their fourth winner beating the Browns 25-10. to Yes, yeah, sorry. The Colts are going to be the ones to beat the living breaks of the Browns and drop them back to reality. I'm thinking 35-14, 35-10 around that area. Yeah, sorry, guys. It happens. We It gets confusing on the notes sometimes. Uh, the Patriots take out the Broncos 21-6. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see them putting up maybe tw- one more touchdown, maybe twenty-eight ten. The Seahawks go to five and zero and beat the Vikings forty-five to twenty-one because the Vikings defense is absolutely abysmal. Yeah, unless prime time Kirk Cousins comes out to play, I don't think this is even a close game. <laughs> prime time, um, Kirk so, Cousins. Uh, oh, that's um, funny. Uh, I'm thinking thirty-five ten. Well, I mean that's that's what old Pat McAfee refers him to. Prime time, Kirk. Yeah, there isn't much of that. And you know what? I've got the Chargers upsetting the Saints, 31-24. You think Air Bear is going to have himself a night? Herbert, by the way. And yes. Air, Air Bear? Yeah. It's his nickname, Air Bear. <laughs> I don't know why you call him Air Bear, but I love it. Um, yeah, I think, I think the Chargers are going to beat the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees has not seemed like himself. He's played... Okay. Here's my thing about this. If Justin Herbert goes into New Orleans and beats the Saints, Anthony Lynn, just accept your fate. Yeah, just you <laughs> might as well just go ahead and clock him in as the all-starting QB. Uh, he should be already, but you know. But yeah, I think 28-21 will be the final score of that game. I that think uh, the, Justin uh, Herbert will have himself a day. Going on to some other NFL news that dropped today. Uh, the NFL is considering a hefty a hefty punishment for the Tennessee Titans because the Titans, 15 of their players had workouts after their facilities were shut down due to their COVID outbreak, which is outlined in the COVID protocols as a massive no-no, which is why more and more and more and more of their players and their organizational staff is getting 
positive results. I mean, look, you got to follow the protocols whether they be stupid or not. I've heard possible suspensions and even forfeit and, and taking away draft picks. Like, I don't really think the league's playing around with this. Yeah, I mean, like, I get why they're so strict about it. But my thing with the Titans is, like, it's it's an anomaly. I, I don't think that's going to happen again. Like, I mean, apparently the Titans were doing a few things they probably shouldn't have been. But my thing is, like, all these rules about workouts and, like, what, what you can and can't do in these facilities, here's my thing. You can't get into these facilities until you get tested. All these guys are around each other. The whole mask thing with the coaches, I, I don't get it. I really don't. The coaches are around the players. The players are getting tested. The coaches are getting tested. There's no reason for the coaches to be having masks. And for them to get fined $100,000, are you kidding me? Like, I understand it. People are dying. It's, this is not good. COVID is not a good thing. and It's going to be around for a while, so you have to make these protocols. you got to be strict, but... This whole thing of them possibly taking away draft picks and stuff like that, that's so insane to me. Like, unless these guys, you know, you know, bringing in a bunch of females, you know, and, you know, doing a bunch of crazy stuff, going out to clubs, like, like then, then, yes, you probably should be doing that stuff. But, like, these guys are, they're, what, working out when they shouldn't have? That, that's, that's what this is being talked about, them, them going to the facilities and working out when they weren't supposed to? Like, come on now. I get it. They're going to blame anything they possibly can on the, on this, you know, spike in cases. I think we're going to start seeing this around the league a lot more, and it's going to be random. Like that's just the way this virus works. It's random. Uh, one player, I can't remember what team they're talking about, talking on the Pat McAfee show. It was one of those things where the the nanny went to go get food and happened to touch a railing or something, and they came back and gave it to the kid, and the kid passed it on to the player, like. Stuff, stuff like that's gonna happen. Like it, it's just the way it's gonna be. But like I don't know. I, I think, like I said, NFL has to be strict. But I think they're I think they're doing a little bit too much. Um. Yeah. Um. The Cowboys have designated Leighton Vanderess, Anthony Brown, Cam Irving, and Ventel Bryant to return from the three week injury reserve. The four will begin practicing, and Dallas has twenty one days to activate them to the roster. Leighton Vanderess is coming off a broken collarbone, while Irving are coming off knee injuries. As important as Leighton Vanderesh returning is, as you said with the defense, Cowboys got to get some offensive linemen back in here. Something, man. And uh, my thing with Vanderesh and people aren't I'm talking about Sean Lee. Sean Lee should be back within the next two weeks. People tend to forget about Sean Lee because he tends to be injury prone. But when he is in the game and he is healthy, he is a contributor. He is an X factor on that defense. So I'm looking forward to him coming back. Uh, I hope they babied Andrush with this injury. He's had neck problems before. I know this is a collarbone injury. Collarbones happen, but I I don't want to see him in another situation where it's a one play, he's out again, and it's another six weeks. He is a X factor on that defense, and we need him. Uh, Offensive line, like you said, they need to get healthy. Whatever they need to do. Um, I, I hate seeing this peewee offensive line that we have right now on the field, but if, if we wait if we wait it out and continue to get these high guys healthy, I, I'm fine with waiting because it's still early in the season. It is. So many people, so many people are overreacting over these teams, saying for, saying for so many of these teams their season's over. Like, come on now. Like, be realistic. 
these guys were going into week five, right? Realistically, if we're going to like time management type deal, this is like technically the season, the first official game would have been that last week, week four, because they had the typical three, like three preseason games, stuff like that. And they don't, and they didn't have the regular OTAs and training camp like before. There's going to be some rustiness everywhere around. Like the, the, the people are just over exaggerating these teams. I think once we get into about week eight, we're going to start to figure out who is really going to be. Uh, competitors and who we think is Super Bowl contenders. But for now, people just need to chill. These guys are trying to get back into the groove of things. People are wondering, oh, these guys, all these injuries are, ha- are happening because these players weren't getting into shape. They were sitting on their butts during the whole quarantine thing. No. These guys, did, they, they, their practices were cut in half. The, the kinks and stuff that they usually get knocked out you know, before the season, those are happening right now. And these players that we're expecting to play well and play lights out, they're not doing so hot. It's it's because of the whole COVID thing. I mean, it's yeah. it's just that simple. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I think no preseason has been a lot of this. Um, I'm gonna go down some stats real quick about where we are stat wise for where we are through three weeks. The top five passers in the league are as follows. Number five, Aaron Rodgers. Four, Matt Ryan. Three, Russell Wilson. Two, Josh Allen. And number one by a 300-yard mark, Dak Prescott. Uh, the number one leading rusher in the league is Dalvin Cook. Receiving yards is a tie between Stephon Diggs and DK Metcalf. Amari Cooper is two yards behind them, too. He's got 401. Hopkins, 397. Terry McLaurin, 397. He's just the vice president. And um, my thing with Dak is, like, everyone's talking about these inflated stats and stuff like that. He came out and said if he could, he would take away all those yards if to have a better record. That that just shows what that just shows what kind of character he is. And like, I, I just have I have a ton of props for him. Everyone's talking a lot a lot of crap about him and saying that you know he's mediocre. He's throwing these fake stats up. I, I don't care what they say. To me right now, and everyone wants to, you know, the MVP, Dak, if Dallas starts winning games, Dak will be in the MVP race. No, no question. He's And and, and, and if we continue to play well, you, you know who else has a very good chance of winning an award this year? Uh, CeeDee Lamb with Rookie of the Year. Yep, that's possible, even though with the way Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are playing right now, that's a kind of a reach at the moment. Um... What was I going to say? Something about Dallas. Oh, no. Um, I think the MVP race right now is between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson's ahead of him, but I do think Rodgers is there. Uh, Technically, you could put Josh Allen in the top five if you want. And it's, nah, nah, don't don't you don't you put him in that contention? Don't you put him there? Don't give them. But that. it's Rodgers and it's Rodgers and Wilson right now. So. Uh, yeah, that was uh, episode 18. We went over the week four games. Um, again, it was a two-man show, but hey, it happens. Uh, as long as two of us are here, that's all that matters. Uh, we went over the week four games. We talked a little bit about the week five. Uh, this is 18. We still have 19 and 20 to go before we get the good old episode 21, and y'all's ears are not ready. <laughs> Oh, he's smiling like an idiot right now. Um, That one will be a little different because we're going to kick it off talking about that Cowboys and Eagles game, and I'm just going to sit back and not say anything because y'all aren't ready for this. Um, 
But that's going to do it for episode 18. That was Buddha. This is Big E. We will see you all next week for episode 19. The boys out. <laughs>